Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Dear Middling on Sports Joe. Hello, hello, and welcome to The Hurling Show. I'm... Delighted to be joined in studio by Dublin Hurler, former Dublin Hurler, Dotsie O'Callaghan. Uh, and James Ryle is back in with us again. The Kenny great. Great to have you, James. Cheers. Good stuff. When I started this, the possibility of of doing this podcast, um, you were two of the fellas who <coughs> who came to me very early, who I wanted to who I wanted to chat to to the game about. Now, James, I'm getting to the point where I'm nearly fed up <laughs> of chatting to you about the game, but. Dotsie, you're coming in for the first time and it's just it's 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 great to have it's great to have you in. Um Cheers, Gizzy. Did you did you how often did you play mark each other or did you? Uh I'd say we played against each other a good few times, alright. I don't know I don't know if we marked each other, don't I'd think say we marked one another, no. Yeah, thankfully, because James he'd be the type of fella now I wouldn't have liked Mark and you know the tall the long reach yeah, and yeah. and back when lads were probably using the longer hurls <laughs> compared to what they're using now so that was an extra kind of you know and it was probably all just trying to get out in front so but mm. yeah it was kind of I suppose we, we uh, yeah we definitely came across each other but not mm. maybe on a on a one-on-one one-on-one mm. basis you know What do you remember of, of Dotsie playing yeah, well, it's James? The, it's the opposite for me I'm looking for a Big, tall, rangey kind of a guy, yeah, not a yeah, small, yeah. knacky hurler. So it's the that's it. You're probably just never put on each other for that reason. Is like you might, you probably just wouldn't have suited each other anyway. Like you'll be trying to avoid him because you've got that. Yeah, the, the I think advantage Cody would range. have been trying to avoid me and Dotsie Maybe that <laughs> would have been more. It might have been a possibility <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, but yeah, um, no, it was the type of player. Now I, I would have found Mark and maybe cornerbacks if they were tall and kind of. I would have felt maybe. Do you know, if I'd have preferred, a lot preferred somebody maybe my own height or a little bit taller, you know. So, I, you know, I can imagine James having that reach and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Even even playing a bit of football as well, I would have remembered, say, in Dublin train and you'd be marking the likes of Coleman Goggins and Pater Andrews would be similar kind of physique. Yeah, maybe yeah. just get able to get out and get the, 
yeah. little fist and just disrupt you and maybe get the ball away from you a little bit, yeah. I'm not sure how, how he's held sometimes in other counties, but I remember reading something or listening to something that Joe Dean had said. It was one of the few fellas who I felt actually acknowledged what I would have thought was the brilliant, the absolute brilliance uh, of Dara Ryan. And I think he had that similar capability and the very same as you're describing it, this long hair, like Joe Dean was describing the, po- the post being open and like the point being on the board already and all of a sudden like just this yeah. this rangy arm and just with this long hurl that come out from nowhere and get the block like and it was a nice yeah it was a nice celebration of him and it was a similar style I think that yeah that she both shared Well I, I, I think so back then as well there was um, not that it was that long ago but <laughs> There was more, if you were corner back, you were marking a corner forward and, you know, you were more held responsible for that guy as well. Mm. Whereas change now where I think you could be left inside in a full back line on your own and a small fast lad, quick ball, it's going to the wing, it's going to the corner. But back then, if you were number four on a team, you normally marked number 13, didn't you? And, you know, lads knew who were going to be marking one or before they went out and it normally panned out that way. Whereas nowadays... You could be playing wing back, centre back, and you could be marking someone. You know, a lad who was named wing back could be up marking your wing yeah, forward. It's, yeah. it's changed massively. Absolutely. Yeah. So in t- in turn, like to take like they would, you'd be exposed in a way, or they'd say like, okay, if we this is what this is what James Ryle's strengths are, and this is what his weaknesses are. So we're gonna try and get him into maybe if they say if they if they feel you're slow, they're gonna get you into open space. If they feel you're tall, they're gonna say well, we're gonna play all the balls down the other side. Like it's. They've, they've broken the game down into into smaller parts. There's a cons- constant breaking down, I suppose, yeah. of everything into smaller parts in some respects. But in the game, that's definitely what's happening, it seems. Because before it was, like it was like you just had that responsibility. I felt Clare, I, I, I know that with the two of you here in particular, obviously the Dublin-Kenny game is, 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 is where you start in some respects. But since you've brought it up, Clare under Lohan seemed to be bringing a little bit of that back, uh, or seemed to have brought a little bit of it back at the weekend at least, that responsibility for your man and we were chatting about it before as well like I'd, I, yeah when you take responsibility then it becomes the war with your man like you know and you're not given that little bit of an open bit of an open contract where you might take him and you might not you know it's the reason why I think Clare have performed so well at the weekend and it's it's the reason why Clare put it up to Limerick and I think if you're going to beat Limerick if that's possible at some stage um, and it will happen maybe not this year maybe not next year yeah. but it will happen but it has to be the team that will bring it to them. Um, and you have to mark the players and you have to make the likes of the defenders think. Because I don't, I think Tony Kelly, you know, and I know he, he's absolutely awesome, but I don't think Limerick went out with a plan to man-mark Tony Kelly, which I think a lot of teams will do or would do if you were going to mark him. But I think they just said, you know, Burns is wing back, he's going to play there. And, you know, and, and Tony Kelly was able to move around, mark who I suppose he wanted to and bring the game to him. So, I think when teams do that, that's how you can get at the Limericks if it's possible. But There was a lovely quote, I think it was Eamon Sweeney was saying it, I was just reading this morning, there's an adventurousness to Kelly, an innocent joy in his own skill which brings a sense of the playground to the championship and the, play, like, the sense of the playground in what was a cauldron. Like, And he does have that, it's even the lightness of foot, but just the lightness of the man. Like he just, he just seems to, he just seems he's imperious at the moment. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because like just watching the game in the first half, um, like I think you could just see uh, you're talking about joy and stuff like that, and the, the intensity of the game. Like it was an absolute war zone. Mm-hmm. It was phenomenal to look at, um, and he was just reveling in that. And as James says, like 
that freedom, I suppose, like with a player like Tony Kelly, that freedom that he has to just float around, pick up ball wherever he likes. You know, he he's given that freedom within that team. And in fairness to him, like in the previous few years, he's been taking on that mantle maybe when the team aren't even going as well. Mm. And he's able to stand up to that as well. So now the team, you know, Brian Lohan has obviously, you know, he's built a really admirable looking kind of team that's really, really focused and up for it and, you know, are nice to watch as well. So, yeah, him buzzing around like what he had, I think he had 12 shots or something, 12 scores in the first half. His frees were phenomenal. Yeah, um, none of them too easy. Like no, they, they were, were all long they were long, They're yeah. boomers, like they you know? were, yeah, yeah. And uh, he just top of his game. Like what a sight! Mm. Is there a better sight in Hurland than that when he's at the top of his game? And you know the Clare lads obviously tuned into that as well and taking on their own responsibility as well. So what a what a concoction they have at, at the moment. Yeah. Is it? I, I'm just wondering about the like what. He, do you know Gerard Hegarty and and I suppose other players at the moment who are at the, who are at the top of the game and let's say Patrick Horgan who who reached his milestone at the weekend as well. I mean, not freeze are different, but there's been master classes. What is it in in Tony Kelly's? What is what is the what is that the joyfulness? You know, how do you how do you how do you get a hold of that? Like, or, or what what sets him apart? Or does it is 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 there is there a functionality you feel as well that maybe other players? Yeah, he's. How would you combat him? Start there. Oh, I, I, look, I don't you know. You personally know. How would you mark him? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think I'd go back to putting somebody responsible for him. So, you know, mm. maybe not everywhere, but like if he's in a full forward line, I'd say you have to pick him up when he's in there. Mm. And, you know, like if a guy is. So going, if he comes out. Yeah, if he comes out to half forward line, somebody has to pick him up there. There has to be a plan for him, I'd say. And I think. It's easy said now, it's like it's hardly the Limerick boys didn't think of that, but I think every team, you know, probably outside of Limerick if you're going playing Clare in the morning. Yeah. You know, but then when Duggan is there and O'Donnell is there and they have so many other aspects of their game. I think um, that's a Limerick thing though, isn't it? Where they where they're just saying, Here, we're yeah. not we're not worrying about another yeah. team here. We don't have to. You know, will they do that the next day? Having someone yeah. score sixteen points, it will be uh, interesting to see <laughs> that, they're, that they're meeting can, so close. Can they afford yeah. that kind of? Uh, there's a certainty in it, and there's a and there's a power in it, yeah, but there's also I, a little bit of naivety. Maybe if someone scores sixteen points, I mean, I don't know. Well, I've heard some of the interviews, not even after this game, but previous games, where the Limerick boys just said, you know, they were kind of asked the question, "Were you worried or concerned at this stage in the game?" And they were kind of said, "No, just stick to the process, and it'll work out in the process, and the process, and you know." Yeah, it's yeah. well and good but if a lad is you know I just think as a defender if <laughs> you go out and you're marking a lad and he clips you for a few points you've kind of someone's got to but Tony Kelly is a magnificent talent and I think he's possibly unhurlable at the moment unhurlable yeah like yeah. it's not that he's an incredible size of a man I know he's not small but it's just the pace the, I think it was the second or third point he got he came out and he actually fumbled it yeah, and yeah. still managed to pick it up and have all the room to clip it yeah. over. And it looked like there was no one near him yeah. even after that. He still had that space. Yeah, yeah. So. I've often wondered about that with someone like do you know? Do you remember Kieran McDonald in the football? And I, like yeah. because I wonder often you just be you be watching the games and you're watching for particular reasons now. But I also am watching thinking, geez, how would I, how would I get on there? Like it's frantic and it's so physical. It's so physical. There's so much in the breakdown. And I wonder would you, would I be able for it? You know. And one of the things I was always interested in was how to create, how to control time. Like how, f- how that's what I felt Kieran McDonald and the great players could do. They were able to control time. They never seemed like they were. I also thought Rory McCarthy was a fellow who I looked at with Wexford. And I thought, oh, that's, he's a fellow who's kind of in time, in his mm. own time. He's just doing his own thing, you know. Um, 
and he seems to be he seems to, he, he seems to have that Tony Kelly yeah, look, yeah. and it's not it's not every player develops that you mm. know what I mean so as they as said all, all the great players look like they have that yeah. that time and able to make that space for themselves as well so look he's magic at it you know mm. and just creating that little room and he'll just hook it over left or right mm. you know he, he just once he gets that split second so look the, the Limerick defenders Sean Finn and these boys like they're the top defenders in the country oh, but yet the they, size yeah, of all of them still, you out by yeah, but like, it's, like, it's great to see Tony Kelly having that you know mm. willingness to just take that on and, and go at them and score from literally every angle as well so as you said it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see maybe the approach to that yeah. the next day because you know they're, they're going they're going logger heads at it again in a couple of weeks' time. So is it is it harsh on Clare? So if you if you maybe double up in some senses or keep a you know press him a little bit harder, press Tony Kelly a little bit harder. Um, is there is it excessively critical of Clare to think that he's not being supported or that you know it's it's the the, the natural tendency when someone scores sixteen points is to say, well they're overly dependent on Tony Kelly. Where's the line between? They're overly dependent on Tony Kelly, and hang on, there now Tony Kelly is just you know he's like you know Michael Jordan, or he's like he's like LeBron James is like we'll just get the ball to him because he's going to do it, you know. Like where are the rest? Where where are the support players for Claire? And if Tony Kelly gets all the attention, are they capable of taking advantage of that? Yeah, I, I think it's probably critical of the the rest of the Claire team to say that. Like I think he's just such a talent that there's times. He's not that he's full of tricks and he's doing something incredible. He's actually, you can actually read what he's going to do, which makes it probably even harder for a defender. Because when he loops around, he's still, you know he's going to strike it on this left-hand side, but he has so much pace and ability to get that strike away and he's able to do it. So, you know, there's times yesterday when maybe he could have hand-passed the ball and gave it to Nurla, but he didn't because why, if you can put it over the bar? Yeah, you yeah. know, and there was also times later on in the game when he could have actually clipped over another couple of points and he <coughs> knew he wanted to go for the goal and he had that ability. But, you know, I don't. I think that the other lads step up, and if you put another p- person on Tony Kelly or try to reduce the space, I think is what is. So if he loops around, mm. you're driving him into more traffic. I think that's when he's going to lay the ball off to more Clare players, and there is massive ability in that Clare. This Clare team is serious, mm. and um, they're going to have some say yeah. in this championship. And they're function. They're functioning like you know they're functioning. It's not all around him. Ultimately, I know he's he's getting on the end of these yeah. things as well, but they're functioning throughout. 1 to 15 yeah, you know yeah. and they're kind of you see what Brian Lohan has obviously built there it's that collective kind of spirit as well so that's there so I but mean they're the happiest county they're the happiest players the happiest supporters that they're clear are just at the, the perfect position now like everyone else has some little bit of bother going on <laughs> in the background yeah. I, 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 I think do you remember Brian Lohan last year after an interview against Tipperary and there was steam coming out of his ears <laughs> you know and we all like I mean we all loved looking at Brian Lohan hurl like yeah yeah and yeah. you know just, he was so d- disappointed after that there was incident with the penalty or whatever mm, and you could yeah. see the disgust so I suppose to see him to see him post game and the interview and just to see him at ease, you know, like they'd already yeah. they've qualified for a Munster final. You know, there's another game to go. What a position to be in. So yeah. you can see that like and, and in fairness to him, you know, delighted for him as well. It's yeah. third year yeah. into the job. He's obviously done a, a phenomenal job there as well. And but there's as a said, kind of a, there's a vind- vindication, yeah. isn't there? Because like Shawnee uh Shawnee MacDonald or um Shawnee McMahon had said about like what Brian Lohan had to go through to get the job and it showed 
the, uh, the the kind of the skullduggery that was going on behind the scenes and what he had to, and, and he and he stayed with it in typical kind of Brian Lohan fashion. And now when you look at it, I suppose one of the features I would feel, and not so much Kilkenny, but Wexford, Dublin, even Cork, Waterford, um, the majority of the chase and pack have an inconsistency. It seems like a, a, a glorious inconsistency at the moment. Clare have found a consistency of performance that they they haven't had for a while. That's, yeah. and, and I think because of Lohan, like I think because of what he's bringing, like ah yeah, absolutely. And you you, you know you, you just hear the way uh, you hear the way Claire people maybe speak about him as well, mm-hmm. and you know how he's revered as well. So uh, look, yeah, they're in that good place, and they've they've evolved into that now. And as James is saying, there like they're in a serious serious position, you know. Like mm-hmm. who's gonna? It'll be like you know, can they pull off? They haven't won a monster title since since '98. I think is it so? Like I'd imagine Brian Lohan. You know, would would, <coughs> would they? But they would be absolutely over the moon to pick up a, a title like that. And you know, they're obviously that they're they're in the latter stages now, no matter what. So they're going to be, uh, you know, a force. Hugh, hugely, definitely, definitely going to be a force. But uh, John Kiley's phrase after the game that stuck out to me most was hugely satisfying. It was a hugely satisfying performance for Limerick. Like I think Limerick learned an awful lot and had to delve even deeper again and had to find out even more about themselves and it's for the first time it's almost been they've been brought to the wire like that with a yeah. seriously understrength team like it was just, there's you know four or five Clare fellas to come back but you put them beside the four or five Limerick fellas to come back yeah. like oceans oceans apart in terms of class like they're in some position and I said it they're like if you go back to the great Dublin football team when you know, maybe a man down, Everton going again, in, but you just know the worst result here is going to be a draw. And I just felt that. I said it with a few minutes to go. The worst is going to happen here is a draw. And uh, they still pulled it off. And they could Why? It's just, it's kind of really a know-how not, you know, they don't know how to lose nearly. When teams are, yeah. are like that and, and they're, they're performing so well and it doesn't matter how many subs you bring on, how many injuries, who's not playing on the day, and then there's also a little bit of know-how just to get there in the end. And it's that know-how, that experience. And, and when they come up the field near the real end of the game and it was a kind of a one-two and they were coming in their droves and they went into Mulcahy in the corner and I think he he touched it back and uh, Conlon was right. there. But if he'd have gone on with it, you know, they looked the most likely to possibly win it be a point maybe yesterday. Yeah. But they're in a serious position I now. I think that kind of, con- that like... That, not that not that I'd know, haven't won in All Ireland, but I think as you say, the Dublin footballers were very similar to that. Where there's just you know, there's absolutely no real panic, yeah. or there's no, yeah. you know, they've yeah. won a couple of All Ireland, so they've kind of they've done that, you know, they've no, they've you know, they've nothing, mm. they just that that know how. So it just comes across watching them, and as you said, you never feel in in any of the, the couple of games I've seen of them this year, you know, if they're under pressure or whatever, you just sense inevitably they're going to. Come, come, come! Even if it's slowly, yeah, you know. Yeah. So they just have that. They have that experience built up. Yeah. What's that feeling like? Because I, I, I mean, I, do, I definitely don't know it, uh, and I don't think at any stage actually ever felt it in my career. But that feeling of of not knowing how to lose, almost like, like you were in that. You were in that zone. I can't imagine you were, you know, intellectually breaking it down or anything. But you did have that. Like yeah, what, what what are the effects of it in the game, or what, like what do you see in the fellas around you who are who are in that same kind of scenario? It's it's, it's a hard one to answer, and I, I'm not sure you're sitting there thinking, ah, oh, this is going to come right. You know, where yeah, yeah. 
I think it's more of a case that if you're a team that are not there and, you know, I even look at it from a club perspective, we'll say, and we're trying to, get, you know, if you come to a game and you're 67, 68 minutes on the clock in a senior in a championship game and you're one or two or three points up, you know, you're beginning to think, oh, we could win this. And bit by bit, you're not hurling as the way you normally hurl and you end up maybe sitting back a little bit. You're drawing the team on you. You're doing things you wouldn't normally do at minute 28 in the game. And you begin to think, oh my God, we could win this. And that sets into a team. Whereas, you know, I think the Limericks of this world and the great Dublin team, they're just continuously playing out to the last minute and hoping. And the process. The process. <laughs> the process. Sticking to the process. I, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, never heard, I never heard Coley talking about the process. After <laughs> I, I'd say like the same with the great Ballyhale club team. And mm. they had this habit where you could be beating them by a point you know, come back to the club game on a 59 60th minute, time nearly up, and you could be winning by a pint, and then at the end of the game, you've lost by six. Do you know? And mm-hmm. it's just what happened in the last three or four minutes, and it's just that ability, that never say die attitude, or not even that, but it's just there's, they're still doing that, they're making the right decisions at the right time, and they have the confidence to do. Yeah, you know, I do don't know. Is it doing the simple thing right at that stage? But it was definitely a feature that I always felt looking at Kilkenny. It was like you think there's three or four points, there's you feel like you're in touching distance or, or when we're just looking at other teams playing against you you think that you know Cork or Galway are coming here Dublin are coming here yeah. like this is looking good and all of a sudden you look back up you kind of get lost in the game for a while and there's nothing extraordinary happening that you'd say God Kenny are blowing them out of the water now the game would still be continuing at the same kind of tempo but you look back at the scoreboard and I don't know how many times like it kind of just became a feature of every game almost that I watched Kilkenny where they weren't destroying a team is they'd be after going five and six up like unbeknownst to you almost you know Mm-hmm. How did you look? Yeah, as I said, that well, I, I've been in games where they've kind of gone fifteen points <laughs> up as well. <laughs> Probably but more accurate yeah, as well for no, us. Yeah. But you know, so like they 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 would have that as well. But I mean, from the Kilkenny side as well, like you just have to even look like look back on the Galway game in the round robin. Like they were three points down. Like and there was that sense that mm. Kilkenny will get a chance here. This isn't dead at all, you know. So they always kind of, mm. there's never any sense of, oh, this is gone. And like, that's on the flip side of it as well when they're behind like that. Yeah. I think they're always, and you can look at Adrian Mullen against Cork, last yeah. gasp last year in the semi-final as well. Yeah. So like, that's a trait that every team needs to, needs to have and, and, mm. and, you know, wants to develop as well. So that, you know, they, they've been very good at, at kind of coming from behind and effectively being able to, Get to the point, get that last gasp score to mm. maybe salvage a game as well. Is one of the hard parts of managing that or creating that kind of a culture, for want of a better word, uh, managing the line between that confidence and arrogance? It seems like when teams are going well, they can slip into a little bit of arrogance in that, and they and you know they lose shape early, and then it's very hard to you know reconfigure the energy of the game in the direction that you want it to go. In time, you know, if it's if it's off before, generally it stays off for a long for quite a lot of the game, you know. But with Kilkenny, didn't it, you never seemed to creep? It never seemed to creep into arrogance to the point where you wouldn't, as a fundamental. And Brian Cody talked about it after the the Dublin game as well. Like it was like hard work is the is the yeah. first step. So that's it. Like it seems to be, and it seems to be the medicine for that potential falling into an arrogance. Well, I think you said it there. Simplistic, keeping it simple, and. There's so much to be said about that because you wonder how, you know, you look at the scoreboard and you say, God, we're not hurling well, but yet we're still, you know, and you'd say that about Parnell Park even uh, on Saturday night. You know, it was, is it 1-11 to 11 points at half time or, and, or 
that goal, you know, we probably scarcely deserved maybe to be up that goal at that stage in the game. But throughout the game, you know, it's just you do the simple things. You win a ball, you get fouled, put down, it's over the bar, it's a free. And that's what keeps the simple things. Mm. And then eventually you stay in the game. And that's what keeps Kenny. And, and, and they've done that. And I know the end result. And I'm not <coughs> trying to be nice, Dotsy, to, to Dublin. But that game started with, with, with Dublin hurling Kilkenny in a lot of areas. They won every single puck out that started. And Kilkenny only slowly came into it. But to say at half time, if you were looking at it objectively, you could not say that Kilkenny were definitely deserved to be the three points up. But mm. because they were the three in, it was very easy to go to four yeah. or five to get a goal. And, and that's what we're talking about. Even when Kilkenny pushed it out to, you know, when they got, like, when they got to the five or six points, it probably felt, there was probably a little bit of inevitability that, you know, Dublin were going to struggle. So mm. from Dublin's point of view, we haven't been strong at being able to get that back, you know. And that's, you know, it's it's a lot easier when you know you're in the game and it's point for point. Yeah. It just flows itself nearly and you're still in it. And that would have been similar even with Dublin and Wexford. Mm. But Kilkenny, obviously the goals are real, you know, uplifting scores and they're sucker blows to Dublin. But once they're going six points down, we spoke about this earlier, like it's nothing in hurling anymore. Mm. You know, you tip away, you get a point or two, it's down to four. You know, it's, it's, it's nothing. But... On Saturday, it kind of felt that. Whereas back in, the, whereas back in the day, like five or six points, like there was a lot. Yeah. Of, there was a lot of hurling, five or six points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, like when it, when there was six points on Saturday, it felt nearly that the, this is gone. This is yeah. gone a little bit here, and they're under pressure. And you know, we were there wasn't exactly functioning in the forwards, maybe or linking up, or mm. or they didn't look potentially like getting the scores back. And it it played out that way, and Kilkenny just. Tipped along and got score, 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 and it, and it just finished out. It petered out for Dublin, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. There's a couple of things I want to get back to in the Clare, uh, in the Clare Limerick game, but I leave leaving because we're we're just sure we're going on to the Dublin Limerick. We're going on to Dublin Kenny anyway. I I almost didn't even want to talk about the game in some respects because it was such a frustrating experience to watch it. Now, part of the frustration of watching it was, and and this is um, I, I'm almost slow to say it. It's such a uh, Anyway, uh, I was in Pawdy O'Shea's watching the game and the FA Cup final was was on and there was a huge crowd watching the FA Cup final and that went to extra time and penalties and myself and my boy Ishna were sitting on a chair and I was trying to explain to him, right, this is this is just a temporary thing that your your eyes have to get used to, but the hurling will be on shortly. Not that he was that much interested in that either, to be honest. But so by the time the the extra time and the penalties uh, were over it was coming into the start of the second half, end of the first half, coming into the second half. And I just found, I found the Dublin performance maybe in the second half, maybe because it was gone, I don't know. And I know it's a hard one to, to put to you in some respects, but I found like if you were to get a playbook of how to play the game and how like you put yourself forward and how you structure yourself and organise and how you move the ball in the modern game, it was all right. That was, that, that was the, that's what they were doing. But it, it lacked, it lacked purpose it lacked spirit it lacked like I, I was just yeah it was really and Manny Kenny was saying after the game then talking about how savage Kilkenny were and that the goals killed him and I was just like oh, what are you what are you talking about like you, they, they didn't seem to know what where they were going in the second half or yeah, I, I don't know. I, I found it frustrating, and it's probably too. It's probably harsh on Dublin, and I don't. I don't. You know, I, I understand the players are, are going out and they're doing it. Like, uh, ah, look, uh, you know, look, there's, just, look. There's a harsh reality there, you know, and mm. it was like. I mean, there's a lot going into it, and like, there was it like 
if, if ever there was a day you wanted to go out and hurl, it was it was Saturday. Like I'd gone there early and the atmosphere was, you know, cracking. Uh, you know, an hour before Parnell Park, there's a huge amount of Kilkenny supporters outside the stand, a great crack and met a few, few, few guys I would have played against as well. And it was just lovely evening for it as well. So I suppose, you know, the, the, from a Dublin hurling su- supporter point of view, you know, you're hoping that this could be a day that the team could re- really kick on. Mm. And that's what you're kind of, look, that's what you're looking for and you're nearly demanding as a, you know, looking in. And I suppose, you know, they had met earlier on in the league as well. And Dublin had been, Dublin had been having a really, really good year. And, uh, you know, Kilkenny derailed their whole league campaign, you know, Kilkenny, or Dublin were really trying to look to try and maybe make a semi-final. Yeah. So, like... I I just I was expecting a big big display from Dublin because yeah. they had learned they had, Kilkenny had come they had done a job on them in the league and you know it just played out similar and similarly enough you know and it was very disappointing uh, as James was saying like it was it was score for score Kilkenny probably got the goal mm. um, and you know went in the three points up or whatever but I don't know I don't you know it it just didn't look like they came out you can talk about the things that you're mentioning there mm. uh, but. I don't know, was the belief there really? Like, did they come out in the second half? Did they really believe that they were going to go and do it? Um, and, you know, that's a state of mind as well. Um, so I, I don't know, did they just get hung up? But once Kilkenny got the few scores, and they're very good at that, and, and you know, they're, they've are they been good at putting Dublin back in their box, you know? Mm. Um, so I don't know, I just felt when they got that, that second goal, it just felt you know, that Dublin kind of creaked a bit and in fairness to their d- defence had done quite well and had repelled. Well, they'd repelled, two repelled, to seven, like they're two to seven. They're, they're, they'd they're repelled fine, a lot like. of ball and, you know, they just kind of, eventually the dam kind of broke a little bit and, you yeah. know, the Kilkenny were starting to, you know, really open up and get the scores and build on what turned out to be, what, a 17-point victory, you know? Yeah, four points from the forwards, but it's also the amount of ball that was coming in, like yeah. kind of uncontested almost ball that was going in. And that's the, that's the disappointing aspect of it as well. Like from like, I mean, there was Kilkenny supporters there grumbling there behind me when Kilkenny were tipping around with it in the backs. Now a lot of the times they worked it up and got scores, yeah, but they were yeah. still grumbling. You know, yeah, you just get up the pitch, like yeah. Can you imagine but, how I feel here? <laughs> <laughs> but there there is times then when you know they'd still, <clears throat> if they're under pressure. They're just lofting it up. They yeah. might loft it up at a, at a bit of an angle into a corner forward, and th- there's still that's still a ball with a message on it. You know what I mean? And it's still going to be fought for and scrapped for. Yeah. And on the flip side of it, there maybe when Dublin when it's coming in like that, it's coming out far too easy. Mm. Do you know, like it doesn't take much if you're scrapping if a ball breaks yeah. anywhere in the forwards to just gather possession and work something off that. Yeah. But you have to be willing to to do that. And a Brian Cody team that's demanded. You know, that's, that's demanded. Base, and that's if, you're not, if you're not doing that, you will be probably taken off, do you know? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of Dublin players maybe haven't been in great form from a scoring point of view the last few games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in reality, maybe, the you know, Maddie hasn't shown enough fate or hasn't shown fate in the squad as in to maybe take, you know, take lads off and mm-hmm. try other lads and keep that bit of you know, competitive edge, you've seen the, the changes that Kilkenny made before the game as well and there's always that feeling that they can chop and change a little bit. Yeah. Whereas, you know, that's probably not the case with Dublin. Yeah. You know? There were serious changes with for Cody when he went he went a different way about things, didn't he? Yeah, and just on that point I and I, I think Cody has Kilkenny in such a way that I would really think there's probably only five Kilkenny players that are guaranteed to maybe start on any given day and that's 
that's nearly a strength in some ways. And, uh, you know, like, if you maybe take Dublin, you might take there could be 12, maybe. You, you know what I mean? There could be 10, 12 in these other teams. But yet, Cody, he's winning games and you can't. So, you take, you know, people say he got the changes right and we say Mossy Cohen came on and was superb. Um, and um, uh, young Keane Kenny. But, you know, the two of them were available from the last day and he didn't play him. Like, so did he get it wrong that day? Mm. You know, that's, <laughs> you know, yeah. and that comes up the whole time. Oh, Cody might have pulled a rabbit out of the bag and your man came on and scored 1-5, you know. But, like, you know, where was the, ra- <laughs> where was the rabbit two weeks ago? Like, you know, it was <laughs> that was an important game as well. Do you know, like, yeah, yeah. so, you know, and if you go back over those two guys, both those guys were hauled ashore at other times in the game. Mm. Do you know, yeah, you had a half hour lead. I was behind Cody in the stand and it was comical enough in the first half. It was, he was his usual fiery self and uh, it was it was great entertainment in some ways, you know, but he was growling and he was growling at everyone behind him, beside him, in front of him. Mm. And Did he have a bit of an argue with Wally? Was he, Wally was getting a hard time, Niall, from here, was, was at the game as well, and he said a couple of times now he noticed him, I mean, fairly savage. Yeah, Wally, like, you know, know, over what or... Yeah, you can only you just hear this water. You can hear this, you know, and you, you <laughs> the boom. Yeah, you can hear this little kind of a roar. But the, the first three points Dublin got were the first five puckouts. So I'd say the three points Kenny got plus maybe two wides. The first five puckouts Dublin took were all straight to Dublin hand, mm. and Dublin got scores from it. And uh, you know, Kenny weren't really performing, and they closed up the space. They made Dublin go long. They got into a tussle, brought the ball to the ground, and won it. And. I suppose he was roaring at Walter a lot for that, but it wasn't just a, like the entire Kilkenny half hour line was possibly underperforming a bit, mm. and you could see the game. You could see TJ as he got a point from play, and the crowd gave him a roar, and you could nearly see him himself going and back. And mm-hmm. you know, it took him well into the second half before you could say. But that's one massive plus for Kilkenny. I think TJ Reid will be very happy uh, leaving Parnell Park that he got a good seventy minutes under the yeah, belt, and, yeah, and yeah. you know, he feels like he was back, but. There's very few Kenny forwards. Like, and I know Mossy Cohn was really good and Keane Kenny was really good. But Barr maybe own Cody consistently could say that I'm probably going to get to Jersey. Just yeah. one out of six. Yeah, yeah. And if you go back into the fence, you know, you'd say Mikey Butler is playing brilliant. He deserves the Jersey every yeah. time he's gone out. Owen Murphy in goal, but then above in Galway. He had a bit of a... He did, yeah. A one-two meltdown where Cody probably growled at him again. He did, I was there. And... You know, when you look through it, I would say there's no more than five Kenny lads could certainly say that come the day in Nolan Park again, Wexford, I'll certainly be playing. And you might have played well the last day and you might have 100% get the jersey in Wexford. But after 20 minutes, and if he starts growling at you, you could be gone at half time. That's the benefit of taking on, taking off somebody like Walter Walsh, isn't it? Yeah. It does send out a message as well like that. You know, nobody's safe in a way. Like if you're not doing it, you're you're going to come off. Adrian Mullen, I I, I I really like Adrian Mullen as a hurler, but is consistency a bit of an issue, or like his capability is so high? Maybe it's high, maybe it's hard to get to that level all the time. But he seems to he seemed to like the space out around the middle. Yeah, but uh, I think the, the the parallel park type of a field as well, though, as regards for a midfielder. Do you know? I think it Kenny got eight points from midfield. Mm. And it's it can Indeed, be hard on a half forward line to win a ball. You're going back, and before you know it, you, need, you know, and you nearly have to be throwing it out. And Adrian Mullen didn't miss a ball. Striking is superb, and I think he clipped five of them over the bar, and every one of them was as good as the next one. But mm. you know, if if we get to play in Croke Park, shall we say later in the year, 
you know, can you do that at midfield in Croke Park? It's a different, it's a different field, and, and yeah. you know, there's. I, I'm a big believer in the fields, and, and that's why it's thrown up a lot of results this year as well. Funny results, and there's going to be more in the county grounds. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's more funny results going to come, and and I think there's a little bit too much read into the performance of a team the previous weekend. And everyone sits down in and say, oh, this is the way forward. Now, yeah, yeah, Wofford yeah, are the yeah. number two team behind Limerick. And yeah. there's that narrative out there. And mm. then we play another game. And then, you know, all the so-called experts come out and say, oh, then this is happening. And, yeah. you know, and... Derek called it a few weeks ago here, didn't he, with Waterford? He was like, I don't know where this is coming from. I don't see it. Like, yeah. I mean, it's from the league is one thing. But, I mean, you would have thought Wexford were doing well probably from the league. And it's maybe... But the, nar- nar- the narrative around Waterford has been non-stop, really, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Number, yeah. number two. Yeah, he was coming. the first one I heard who yeah. was kind of like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not buying it. Like he was obviously quite, quietly confident that Clare were coming. I don't know. Well, there was lads, you know, coming out and saying whoever beats Watford will win the All Ireland. Will say and and mm. you know two have beaten Watford and they certainly won two in the All Ireland. So you know that point is definitely out the gap now. Yeah. And if you take take Dublin for instance, you know now there's. Uh, probably a narrative out there where they say, oh, Dublin are, you know, poorly performed. Dublin are going to Salt Hill next week. And if they win, they're in a Leinster final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and... It's the, it's the beauty of it all, isn't it? The round, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The, round, the round robin, like, we're spoiled. Yeah. We're like, spoiled as hurling yeah. people. Well, but it's, it, it's, but it's again, great. even on the round robin, we were saying last week, because it looked like it was going to be dead rubber in Munster, yeah. and all the excitement was in... In Leinster, and now that's, I mean, it's still excitement in Leinster, but now this is confirmed, like, the round robin is fantastic because Munster now is going uh, to be a great final day as go, well. going like, back to that as well, like, I, I mean, I don't think Liam Cahill bought the, the narrative anyway, you know, and he was coming out last week and you heard him, like, I was a bit, he, he was building, you know, openly saying this is the biggest game of his of his term nearly, you know, he knew... You know, he knew if they lost, they were they were down on the head to head there. Mm. I'm sure he was well aware of that. You know, so yeah, so that was he he had built it up. He was calling, you know, call to arms for water supporters to get into Walsh Park, and yeah, you know, so there there, right, there yeah. there's you know he was well aware that it was massive and it proved that way. And you know, Waterford obviously lost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before we go on to that game. Uh, the county grounds. There's, I love the county grounds. I love the games being in the county grounds. But uh, John Milan had a bit of a crack at the the Dublin hurlers um, for for staying around, and that's one thing. <clears throat> and feel free to take that one if if you want to. The other thing about it is there's something in, and it, it, I know it's a feature of the generation that we're in, and that's fine. But on mass, like I love Wexer Park when it's full at half time and there's young fellas out playing hurling and it's great, you know, it's just and people say it's an insurance nightmare and whatever, but it doesn't matter because it's brilliant enough and if somebody gets a belt you you just hope that they're going to be alright and maybe to get a few pounds and then everybody can still play in the yeah. play on the field and it, it's there's something better about it than everything being locked off, you know. After the game, uh there's something with the machine, like I don't know who it was, but it happened five or six times. It didn't really matter. It kinda of kept seeing it. It was like, well here, just hang on there now and get in for a selfie and I'll get my phone out of my pocket and just let me get my camera up and and you're after playing a game and okay, there's a I understand the duty to the to the crowd and we all celebrate people who spend half an hour after the game and taking selfies and everything else. But it was something like there's something quite vapid in it that I don't like that a player has to endure because it's one thing when you and I love when the crowd came onto the field. You're meeting you're you're meeting extra people after winning a game and you're it's brilliant. You're getting claps in the back and people shaking your hand and that's lovely. But it, it just it happened on screen a few times where there was like one person in camera and taking the selfie and then running off to the next person and I don't know I felt the player was just kind of left there like 
what, what, what just happened to me there? Like, what, what, what did I just take Some, part in? Or somebody, something? Gone, somebody gone off then and post and they're I, it's just, there. There's no, uh, there's no interaction yeah, or something. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, here's, here's this and then I'm kind of going on and, and it, it leads me to, I kind of feel like maybe the, maybe there does need to be a bit of control at the end of a game that, I don't know, do players need to be, need to endure that? So, John Milan's criticism, I, I, I take on board because I think it was more a critique of the performance and the abjectness of yeah. the performance and the frustration with the performance. Uh, but there is something in that that I know maybe maybe f- maybe maybe it's I don't know is it all fashion oh, look, or something I th- but I, I think it's unique like it's unique within the GAA when you're talking about you know 15,000 people at a game and mm. they're able to get down onto a field and mingle with the, you know with the players who they've watched like it's special like, it, is, it is a special is. special and thing I love that part of it yeah so in regards to the John Milan thing I don't really I don't I don't really like to me you know, there's no issue. I know he was quite vocal about, you know, Dublin players should be hanging their head in shame or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's an element of that I would agree with, you know, as in they've been beaten by 17 points in a championship game in their home ground. You know, so the, the, the whole thing about staying on the pitch, um, uh, you know, as you said, they're, they're you know, should people be more kind of in, in sync with how, they, how they're feeling, the players? Possibly, yeah, but... Um, I just think I, I would certainly hope that the players uh, do feel a sense of embarrassment and do, you know, have a deep, you know, sense of Jesus, what were we doing there? Because at the end of the day, there's a lot going into it. There was a monstrous support there for them. Mm. And what a chance to make a huge step uh, forward in the championship as well. So I've been there. I've been there. And it's, it, it's you know, it's it's the following morning you wake up and you're kind of questioning Jesus what are we doing here mm. we're putting so much into it you know this player's given up a huge amount of time and, and mm. commitments to it Yeah, but there has to be you know there has to be accountability yeah. you know and you know you would certainly be hoping that they, they do feel a sense of you know Jesus Christ these kids are coming on looking for autographs I'm embarrassed giving them to them mm. you know that's what I'd be more Inclined to think, and, and that's I don't mean that in a harsh way. Well, it, I mean that they're going to yeah. they're, they're going down to Galway next week, and you would certainly hope that you know it's it translates that, into something. You would certainly like, hope yeah. that if, if it doesn't translate into that, you would you would worry for the group yeah, then yeah. because it should. Milan really has build. more of a point then probably you know if it doesn't translate into a reaction. Well, that's what I think. More of a point. I think that's yeah. Then yeah. he has more of a point, but I would certainly hope that you know there is that deep feeling of you know you'd be embarrassed signing an autograph after losing by 17 points yeah. you know or getting pictures the unacceptable you know? savage yeah. so what do you think yeah I, I agree you might be embarrassed but I feel you have to do it as well in that scenario you know like it's I've been on par- I sound like a lad I was looking for the autographs but I was on Parallel Park twice I was on it after the game the other night too but mm. my three little boys just jumped over the seats and I was just trying to n- not lose them with the crowd that's there and, and yeah do you know, in the league performance, where my boys went over to Walter Walsh and they got an autograph, and you know, and I was trying to stand back. I didn't want to. They were trying to go over. Do you not want to get in, no? <laughs> they were trying to go over to Brian Cody, and and they went over, and I just moved. I didn't want him to see me even out in the field looking for it, you know. But the boys want to go with their hurls and they want to get it, yeah, and yeah. it's very hard to, to, you know, bar you're completely ignorant and you just walk over people and just throw books and pens out your way, and that come up and. You have to do it, but of course they're hurting inside. I and mean, when they go back in and sit down in the dressing room and throw down the hurl, 
and just sit back in the seat and you know it didn't have know that look we've underperformed and that was very mm. disappointing but it's, it's so that's more part and parcel you you accept that yeah. as kind of part and parcel of of I think so. of it's the not, nature yeah, it's of the not finish the, of a yeah, game it's now. not the players fault like if, if if it's a thing that they have to <clears> stop doing it it's up to to close the gates on it and, mm. and not let them out but it's not the players job to try and run through young lads hurling them out of the way just to get into a dressing room to get off the field yeah. and uh, you know I've seen uh, I've seen one I spoke about Walter I've seen him sign autographs and he was taken off at half time did he want to be out there signing autographs of course he didn't yeah. you know and but it just has to be done and in fact I've seen a county board member usher in TJ and he just came in behind him and he pushed him the whole way up the field and as he was walking but TJ was probably delighted he was doing it because if he walked himself yeah. and done it you'd have people saying yeah, it yeah, all yeah. yeah you're damned um, if you do and you're damned if you don't uh, with that yeah, I understand it's, it's very hard. I suppose there, I, there's something in the there's something in the entitlement that I'm interested in and I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong that they do it and I don't think it's right that they do it there's just something in the entitlement like I think as a like as a child when I was on on Crow Park after the games like you know as a child looking up like if if you were lucky enough to get the moment with them that was great but I certainly didn't feel like I was entitled to that that time because they're maybe like these are these are giants of men like absolutely yeah. to me as a child they were giants and I was like maybe I will maybe I won't or whatever but if they were suffering and more often than not in the eighties nineties we were suffering and 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 I felt those lads in, in, they, I don't know there's something like they embodied their suffering like they were suffering going off the field they were angry they were raging like and I wasn't going to st- stand in the way And I, not that I was doing it right and the youngsters now were doing it wrong like but there is I, f- I feel like there's an aspect of and it's just been a little bit unchallenged that this is a perf- this is something that players without being really asked like having to do an interview in front of 80,000 people after the Ireland final and I don't think anybody's been asked about this um, they have to endure this, but they may like. I think you're entitled to your suffering. You're entitled to suffer and walk through. You're entitled I, to that. I, I think there's just like I know what you're saying there as well. I think there's just there's so much more exposure now around around everything in yeah. regards to yeah. games. You know, yeah. like even back then, it was just you could be playing in a whatever a Leinster semi final. You'd be one or two matches. And it's the be all and end all. Mm. There could be a team there knocked out and they're gone for the whole year. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. So you're you're kind of as you said the, the level of exposure of it now. Mm. Everyone is seeing it, and even the round robin, like you know, you have a game next week. You know, even if you even if you lose, whatever, there's a game next week. So it's not as kind of mm. all or nothing sort of a, a way. If that makes but sense. The, but the the possible the, the thing that I'm getting at, I suppose, is that I think uh, in the human condition in general, when the suffering is at its greatest, like the, 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 it's, it's in the minutes afterwards, like it's in the minutes after whatever experience you're going through and you're you're in the suffering and to shut that down and say that's not happening, I'm going to smile and get into loads of photographs and everything else. I think is like what I want as a, as a fan now. If it's a Wexford game, what I want is if they are, or if when I look at my young self going as a fan, I say right, George O'Connor just walked past me. But maybe in a couple of weeks' time, George O'Connor is going to he's going to have taken that walk and he's going to suffer that walk and he's going to battle whatever's in that suffering and he's going to come out in two weeks' time and there's going to be hell to pay for it because he's suffered his suffering instead of I'm now performing a duty that everybody expects me to perform because I'm an intercounty player. That's the, the, that that kind of idea, but I'm not too attached to it. I'm just kind of putting it out there as maybe that's a possibility. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose you 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 won't see it. You won't see it on All Ireland Final Day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You won't see it on the bigger days when they're when they're kind of it's 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 that thing. It's the, it's it's the, the county it's, grounds. It's county grounds. Yeah, and and I love when the county it's, grounds yeah, too, when so. it's more kind of when it's more close knit. 
and yeah. it, it's 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 at that and. Yeah, look, it's it's certainly a positive thing. So you're, you want to shut it down, Gizzy, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided. Shut that down. Um, I looked at there's so, there's so much, there was so much going on at the weekend. Uh, I mean, sure, we have to go for, I suppose, Cork, Waterford. Um, I, I, I'm conscious that we're we're moving on. Um, and Welsh, we don't need to really deal with Wexford and Westmead, so that's fine. Uh, we can skip <laughs> on we, we can skip on ahead of that one. Um, Cork. There's something of, uh, I think there's a reference to uh, Dermot O'Sullivan kind of putting the chest out when the when the when the hacks came in to say like, oh, you're the rebels are back, you're writing us <laughs> off, like you know, and and they weren't, it wasn't critical, and you know, it was just like a kind of a bit of a, you know, that car pride was kind of back, but I. I, I don't know why I don't know why there would, there would be any criticism of anybody saying anything about Cork because I feel like Cork have just been under par. They've just yeah. been they've been poor. They've played poor. They've had a poor style, and their Kirkhige, uh, the way they've put themselves forward, has been like abject and a, a little bit kind of you know, totally not Cork in in many respects. So it's like you know, you know all of a sudden get this like. We told you that we were this or that. I was like, well, we're just going on what we see. Like, you know, it's been three, really four, really average performances in terms of what your, how your setup is. And now it's worked great. But like, we kind of expect this from this calibre of player every day. Like, why, where is it every day? Like, and what, you know. There was some pressure down there. I, you could just see it in Kingston, the pressure. Mm. You could see it, like, I'd hate to have been referee, <laughs> refereeing the game to try and, you know, or even linesman walking up and down that lane, no amount of money would, you know, for yeah. me to do that job in front of dugouts and the backroom team and yeah, yeah. every ball. Did you ever do the line? Did you ever do a line in a big game? No. Jeez, I did it when I was a young <laughs> fella, 16 or 17, for a senior game in Wexford. My God, it was like, I know who hit it out, but like, what way do I, I just, what way do you put the flag? Yeah, oh, it's horrible. I can't imagine what it's like in that kind of a pressure cooker, you know? But just the whole, that whole thing, like the, like, Cork definitely stood up but I think Cork changed the way they played a small bit and it could have been down to the field mm. again like instead of a Porky Cueve and they're trying to play this perfect ball into space but when you see Harnady catching that ball at the end and running through and sticking it over the bar you say that's hurling and, yeah. and I'm not trying to go back to route one just drop it down on top and win the ball but there was an element of that to it and Tim O'Mahony when he was inside and the size of him and holding up the play mm. and like again and Griff coming up with all these stats without ever looking to see is, is it actually is it actually a stat? But I would say if you looked at every goal in the championship this year, yeah. the majority of them came from a dirty long ball in, mm. <laughs> and I have no basis behind it. But if you looked at definitely them, the second Cork one wasn't that was like a good flow and move yeah. the whole way through. But it, it has come like a lot has I'd come say from two thirds of the goals came from this dirty ball down ball mm. breaks. Goal arrives. Cork's the goal they got the last day was another big high ball in, mm. um, and all those like I'm not saying that's the way to do, it, but Cork pushed up in their men, they marked their men, and it was they just played more direct hurling. And if they had a chance to shoot, they shot and they got the score. And but like massive detention, mm. you know, like down in 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 Ennis, I suppose you had two teams playing, and you know. It was intense yeah. and it was aggression intense, but, it but there was, was something bright in it, it was, wasn't there? It was, yeah, yeah. It was pressure, the yeah. serious pressure in Walsh. They Power. were both under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. It was all on the line, really, wasn't oh. it? You know, so I didn't realise it was so on the line for Waterford. I thought they were yeah. they actually bought the kind of. I didn't listen to Derek. I thought that they were like <laughs> a, a step ahead. But I knew it would be a fight in Cork at some stage, yeah. but like, but the the Tim, the Tim O'Mahony thing added a bit of presence up there as well. And yeah. he's, he's played he's played as a full forward, yeah. isn't he? Underage and Ruth stuff and like Shandling that. So he has that well, cleverness yeah. to to lay it off. Has a good hurling brain. 
And then like Alan Connolly is kind of is physical as well, you know. Yeah. So whereas Cork maybe might have might have been seen to have that kind of slick kind of knacky hurler or whatever. They have a lot of fit. They brought in that physicality as well. And in fairness to Conor Lahan, he's a guy. I've Lahan, le- I, listen, Lahan was dropped. Mm, like they dropped him off yeah. the panel, and he was twenty eight, and he went off and hurled up a storm for Middleton, mm. you know, and they they won a county title, and he's come back. Uh, at 29, 30 and you know he's back in the team so I've massive massive time for him yeah. huge credit deserved there yeah. Yeah, and he's back sure. and, he, and he was he was they were you know he was intercepting puck outs there he was scoring he yeah. was aggressive and down the final straight the two of them were brilliant Harnady and Lahan I thought yeah. they stood up really well and Harnady was a fell after the league final or semi-final I was thinking it was a, I remember it was a, a goal scored and he went up the other end of the field and put the ball wide but his body language the ball was only ever going wide it just didn't seem to be there but he was like a transformed character yesterday he just was like I don't care like I don't care anymore or something you know they they, they stepped out of that and there were there was a defiance in yeah. them that was like and Shane Kingston as well maybe even you know and he's in an awkward yeah. position but I think really when he comes on he's he's serious and he gets he, kinda, he has to drop him because he's a son yeah, I know and <laughs> yeah. it's that awkward thing isn't it like, but, yeah. and there's pressure there's more pressure on him going out playing as well like you know but a lot of the time he makes absolutely massive impacts then doesn't yeah. he yeah. coming in you know and which is which is which vindicates the decision then in some respects but you do wonder if he was just on the game like he's at the stage where you feel he should be starting every day it brings up the point of um, I think it was Anthony Daly was, was writing about it in the examiner about Patrick Horgan and you'd have to acknowledge the, the milestone obviously that, that he passed like incredible stuff but there's something about the timing of it he, it, it, it the, it's like the realisation has also dawned on maybe maybe everybody in Cork maybe Patrick Horgan himself I don't know maybe on nobody maybe it's just something that um, Taylor was pointing out but on the day where he reached the milestone was also maybe the day that they, everybody realised or somebody realised I don't know that he maybe is an impact sub from here on out that is actually the, maybe the, they obviously needed legs and things improved when he left not because he's not you know one of the one of the great hurlers but just because the legs you know you needed the fresh legs and it made a huge difference when Timmy Mahoney came on so I was wondering about that like the how would how do you end? How do you how do you how do you think you'll end? Like imagine when you're a young fella saying like I'm going to become the top scorer that ever played the game, and on that day, I'm, that's going to be the beginning of the end. You know, yeah. in some in some respects. Now he might play for three or four more years. I don't know what he'll do, but I suppose that, there, that's there, the dynamic. Yeah, I, uh, I was wondering about. I want. I, I was wondering how it finished actually versus how you thought it would finish. Uh, for yourself, for me, yeah. As in, when I finished up playing, yeah, yeah. Oh, geez. Well, I tell you, it was a day. Talk about getting. It was a day in Turles now, um, and I suppose I probably personally I had come back from a lot of injuries or whatever, and it was the whole from a group perspective. It hadn't been going great. So what year was it? It was two thousand and seventeen. Seventeen. So we Tipperary, we Tipperary and Turles. Uh, and I knew I was going on a half time and I knew that was my last <laughs> run out you know so and, and we were getting well bet and I suppose personally I, I remember it I just kind of said listen I'm going out and I'm just hurling here and I'm enjoying it and I'm blocking out what's happening yeah. because we were getting absolutely it was it was, <clears> the, it was Jared Cunningham's last game mm. um, there was change coming and I'd, I'd got done well to get back from an injury that year yeah. so for me it was a, yeah it was an emotional because I was aware of it you know mm. I was aware I was in the dressing room and I knew I was going out and I actually enjoyed it I just I said I'm enjoying this this is my last 30 minutes yeah. in a blue jersey and you know I just hurled away and, and 
that was it. But I knew deep down that was, you know, mm. I had kind of, I had hit it personally. I'd hit a point where. So you felt, you, but you got the time, you knew. That mentally, was, I knew. Yeah. Mentally, I knew. And it was just, uh, there was a new management coming in. I probably did get a bit of a gallop because it was, it was a fascinating one with Pat Gilroy. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, his backroom team. So I did try, but it just wasn't, you know, I'd had, a, I'd had injuries. I'd had a few surgeries and I, I accepted it, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, but from, from a Pat, Pat Horgan perspective, I suppose the balance looked nice with Cork nearly in the second half there. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say he'll definitely, I think, you know, we're talking about them close, tight-knit wars. Maybe mm-hmm. they mightn't suit him at the moment, mm-hmm. but you'd be surprised maybe when Cork potentially could get out, get out here into an All-Ireland quarter-final and you're talking maybe Semple Stadium, you know, potentially into Crow Park, mm-hmm. whereas that might maybe, that might get back to suit and hoggy a little bit more. Yeah. You know, um, but they certainly they certainly having that balance of having maybe bigger lads, stronger lads that seemed to work well for them. Yeah, uh, certainly. Yeah. So. Yeah. How about there. you, James? How was the division versus the reality? <laughs> well, and I said it here before. I coming near the end, I wasn't really playing, so I just mm. I just walked into the sunset, shall we say? But really, the decision for me was. We were beaten in 2010 and Cody called a meeting with all the players individually in maybe early November or mid-November mm. and they were going straight back in training and I just said, ah, oh, six weeks before Christmas training for next year. And that was ultimately my decision. I, I hadn't my mind made up, there was no big light bulb moment, but mm. I got that call to go in and I was like, ah, oh, six weeks training before Christmas. <laughs> it really just struck me as... <sighs> the thoughts of that, like <laughs> yeah, you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you're you're still only going into January yeah, and February, yeah. and I was never a an early season performer, <laughs> shall we say? And I didn't really do the gym work, you know. I was I was nine years a member of a gym, and I was in it possibly less than nine times, <laughs> you know. And I just weights. I always remember actually we were we were doing a, a kind of I was actually at a funeral, and I think it was was Michael Dempsey someone belonged to Michael Dempsey had passed mm-hmm. away and one of his brothers was there and I always remember the question and it was back in the early enough maybe I don't know where it was maybe 04 or 05 and he he asked me what are you benching you know mm-hmm. and I never I never heard the phrase before like what are you benching I didn't know <laughs> I remember when I heard the phrase first so what are you benching Go you on. Know, what are you benching I didn't know was it did he want to, you know was the answer in inches litres <laughs> kilos you know I didn't I never heard the uh, the expression of what are you benching <laughs> and I just gave the usual kind of salesman answer ah look I wouldn't be doing as much as some of the lads you know and, and passed it on but I didn't I had to go home and nearly ask what was yeah just, yeah yeah you know, but Oh man, I remember being in a, I was in a pub one night in, uh, actually Paul Knurk was there the same night and about six or seven of the Munster rugby team were there as well and there was two physios and they were, in fairness, they were, they were driving the conversation, not the players, but a lot of the conversation, far too much than I was comfortable with, uh, was talking about what they were, do you remember the night in the gym when he squatted three times his body yeah. weight? I was thinking, my God, like, what are these fellas? Is this what we're going to talk about for tonight? What we're squatting and what we're benching? Like, this is the most boring. I was like, delighted to just be there and chat to yeah. them, maybe about, you know, what the, the, I'd be wondering about the in-depth of their performances or whatever. I was always fascinated by the fact they'd be actually in the pub a week before the game and we'd be on these, you know, drink yeah. bands or whatever. So I thought there was any amount of interesting things to talk The last thing I wanted to be talking about was, was what I was squatting. Like, and there was a good reason for that too, because... <laughs> One of them said, I think Stephen Lucy was with me as well. Uh, that's how I ended up in there. And he was, he was, one of them said to Stephen, well, if you're not squatting twice your body weight, 
you're not even an athlete, like, you know, and I was like, shit, like, well, that's me out. Like, I can't class myself, obviously, as an athlete because I couldn't, I couldn't, I could barely squat my own body weight. Like, the mind, like these lads were talking about squatting 250 or, I don't know what it was, but it was bananas. And I, and then, but part of me was also saying that kind of felt he was right to, to the, the part of me that felt it was okay to say it was like, who gave you permission to define what an athlete is like? Who, why you? Why is this the? Why is this the measurement of what an athlete is? You know, it was, that was a kind of a. Yeah, I rem- I remember the conversation stuck out like, but I mean, I know I know I know the game's gone that way, and that's that's. Have why you ever done a squat? What, what can you squat? I'd say maybe one twenty was probably the max. One twenty? I don't know. I don't even know if that's. that's right, I don't even know if that's much. <laughs> one ten? Maybe one? I'm not sure. But like, yeah, it was a. I suppose I, I, I actually, showed limitations. I actually like. I started to enjoy it a little bit more. Like I would have been on the football squad early in my career, and that was coming in in yeah. a big way. And I probably didn't really buy in, mm-hmm. or it just you know, it, you know, wasn't kind of at that stage of. But I suppose at the end of my career, when I was kind of realizing, I suppose you had to do it to to keep up. Yeah. But I started to embrace it a little bit more then, as in, but still, yeah, thankfully that was at the end of my career. Yeah, and I yeah. suppose it's kind of, you know, it's it's obviously a huge part of it all, yeah. uh, you know, in GA as well. Uh, sure, I mean, you see the lads now, the shape they're in. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal, like, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, okay, there's a few, yeah, I mean, Wexford, Westmead. Um, huge result, huge result for Westmead. Gizzy, sorry, huge um, result for Westmead, and yeah. and it's been coming. It and has. I said it. We, we said it here last yeah, week. Yeah. I was like, this isn't this. Like, I'm worried about Wexford going to Westmead because the, the big reason. Okay, Westmead are doing very well, and and all the results have shown. Like 60 minutes into the game, they're right in the mix in in, in all the games, and I know I. I know, and it breaks my heart to know it, that even though uh, Darry even came out after the game and said that like complacency wasn't a factor, I was just like, of course it was a factor. You didn't know, really, you said you're going up to a battle, but you don't go up to a battle unarmed. And they went up, I think, unarmed. Like they were just, I, I didn't feel like, now it was hard, <laughs> it was hard to see what was going on because the camera was, uh, it seemed to be like a phone about four miles away <laughs> from the ground. But anyway, that was, that's fine. <coughs> I don't feel that they were armed for it, and you can uh, maybe that's been disingenuous to Westmead. I don't know, but I'm. I, I also actually had a really interesting thought about uh, the likes of Westmead, Leash, Kerry. Maybe we could put awfully Antrim into that as well. When we talk about the development of the game uh, and Westmead, you know, pulling Westmead up into the top tier and getting you know getting Carl up into the top tier and Kerry, that changes very quickly in me when when they're beaten. You're, or when they're drawn with, or when it comes at the cost of your own team, like there's like there's a, a bit of a tribal nature kind of kicked into me. I was like, I don't care, I don't want Westmead to, to come up to the top table at our expense. Like, and so I, I, I kind of understand a little bit more now why they all stay down because in I think somewhere in us, we don't we kind of we kind of we want to keep our our superiority. Uh, like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how much that influences well, the. I suppose the thing about it from a Westmead point of view, and I suppose it, like. They made such great strides. They've, mm. Like they've made promotion in the league as well. Yeah. So I suppose the thing about it is, like, if they lose next week to Leash, they're down, back down. They won't like, lose to Leash. No, I they know that. Lose. I know. No, uh, yeah. Okay, that's I. I but yeah. that's what I mean. Like, so they've made such strides, and you know, for similar teams as well, the standard of the Joe McDonough is actually, you know, has come up a huge amount. Mm. There's huge work going in into counties, so they're training exactly like Lee McCarthy teams. But yeah. if you drop down into that. 
you know, for the teams that are making strides, if you drop back down, mm. there's no guarantee. You could be stuck there for a couple of years. Like, mm. so your development then, um, like, look, it's 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 fantastic that the levels I think are coming up. Yeah. But from a Westmead point of view, as you said, they've made phenomenal strides. Uh, you know, Derek McNicholas, an absolute stalwart for them. Mm. Uh, a yeah, it's rider over stuff. But like, I mean, you know, he, you know had, had the wherewithal. You're talking about long balls going in the edge of the square. And there's Derek, another goal. He just <laughs> <literally sat. laughs> two, two yeah, of them. Two, two. two of them. But that, he just, uh, you know, had the wherewithal to realise we need a goal here. And, you know, did what he had to do. Whatever. He, I couldn't see it. <laughs> you couldn't see it on the camera. <laughs> but, uh, you know, did what he had to do to get the ball in uh, mm. and score the goal. Do you know what I mean? So phenomenal achievement for Westmead. So crucial that they from their point of view, you know, they're probably the team that have, you know, really per- performed in games uh, mm. compared to Leash. But Leash, again, have that experience. They uh, came to the last day in the league and they would have beaten Antrim in, yeah. in a more park. Yeah, so, yeah. like, they have that experience, but Westmead yeah, really... Only one game for Leash. I know, yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and I know as well, Cheddar definitely, like, they played the game against Galway. Like, you know, they weren't, you know, they got, a, they got they got another hammering, but it was always going to be, it was always going to be hammering because they were always focused. Yeah. They were always focused on my Smith. And it but, is just one game. They have been in this situation before. Like, But if Kerry had a one against Offaly. Mm, which they nearly did. Classic. Which, which a classic. Yeah. 228, I think, and lost. Mm. But they quite possibly could have got into, if they win a Joe McDonough, Kerry, they go in and play the bottom team in Munster. And Leash and Westmead are safe in Leinster. So you could have a playoff with potentially a tip at the moment. But mm. it's unlikely to happen there now. But everyone's talking of Leash and Westmead. That was nearly a bigger result to, to knock, mm. you know, either Westmead or Leash's hopes of getting in there. Mm. So I think Leash, one game, one performance. And like we're talking about the highs and lows of different weeks and this, and this is what it brings. Mm. If you're a Westmead man uh, waking up this morning, yeah. you've got the clap in the yeah, back. Yeah, and you're, yeah, getting yeah, week, you're getting yeah. it all week. You're walking around <laughs> and then Leash are coming in from the complete other yeah, side. Yeah. It's, How often does it happen? And like? then go on the, on the flip side of that. It's like Cork coming into Walsh Park playing Watford and everyone knocking Cork and Watford, the second best team in Ireland. You know, that's some motivation. And mm. Cork turned them over in their grounds. I didn't go back to Dublin up to Pierce Stadium next week. You know, Dublin bet by 17 points in their home ground, and if they beat Galway, they're sitting in the Leinster final. They have final. a good record against Galway they the last few years as well. Yeah. So. Croke Park last year, four point win, I think. Yeah. And uh, I was at that game, and it was just after COVID, small crowd. Talk about county grounds. Mm. Do you know, like 14 or 15,000 in Croke Park, is you may as well not be in it. Like, just, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fit them all in the toilets in Croke Park, I'd say. <laughs> but, like, that team could, you know, like, there was nothing. There was no reason in that day, and that's in that Leinster semi-final. You know, Dublin won that fair and square and won it well. So, like, mm. Galway have a tough task there to win that too. Yeah, I don't know. It seems to me, looking at yeah, I, 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 Westmead seem to have earned their place over the period. But I understand <laughs> it can go down to that, and that's fine. And also, I don't think Dublin have a chance based on yesterday against Galway. But these things turn around fast, and that's it. You can't be too attached to what yeah, it is yeah. week on week. I know you're a big fan of Munster Hurling um, and the whole conversation <laughs> around Munster Hurling, but I, I, I honestly, the reason I, the reason sometimes I think we get frustrated with it, and we're, we're three Leinster men, I'm just going to put you into the, the bracket I've been frustrated with sometimes as well, is that after the Walford Cork game, sometimes there's, you know, Cork come out defiant and win, and this is Munster Hurling, and you're like, well, look at that's like, that's Dublin, that's Dublin Kilkenny, or that's Wexford Kilkenny, or, you know, that, that could be any game in Leinster as well. So don't be up in your high horse. But 
the Limerick Clare game was different. It, it, it was it was the thing that they built it, and I and I give it to them in a, in a you know hands down no problem. And I and I loved reading the it was one of the opening pieces of Dalo's article in the in the Examiner, and he was talking about going to the '96 Monster semi final. And obviously Lucknan, and that was the great thing. And they talk about that with Lucknan a lot. He had this kind of, you know, like he was like a seer. He could see what was going on, you know. And at this moment in time, he knew that there was something building. And he said to the lads, like, go out and cherish yeah. this day of days. Like, what is it? Go out, go out and cherish this moment you're about to live. And I just thought, yeah, I suppose I wondered about those days. I wonder about those days that she had. Was there a day, like, was there a day of days for you when you were, when you were with Dublin? Uh, I suppose it's funny actually you're, you're talking about Dale or there mm. there's one one actually sticks out a little bit in regards to I'll give you a story uh, I suppose we played Tip in 2011 uh, All-Ireland semi-final and mm. we had yeah we were we were down a few bodies I think like we three Big Keeney Brady and Heine like three of our big strong kind of warriors were, were they were all on crutches and uh yeah, we we were backs against the wall, like major outsiders. We'd been well bet by Kilkenny in the Leinster final. We got over Limerick then in the quarter final. And uh, in regards to what you're talking about there, I just remember it's a funny one, Dalo, uh, who, you know, similar enough to that sort of thing. But we met up before the game and, uh, you know, we had been building nicely and, you know, we, we, we knew we were going to be up against it. Like, and, yeah. Uh, I don't know. He 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 gave a a spiel about was it the the San Patrias? Okay, so it was like a band of, um, band of Irish, I think, uh, fighting in the for the in the the American War against the Mexicans. Mm. Uh, so you can look this up after. But uh, I think the they they swapped over anyway and said, here, uh, why are we fighting against the the Mexicans here? We want to kind of join up with these. Coming with them, right? Yeah. So he. Uh, he started going on about this and sure half the lads are like, what, what is he talking about here? But uh, I, I kind of enjoyed it anyway myself. But he, uh, it was anyway, it was about them, you know, linking up and, uh, you know, joining up with the kind of the Mexicans and fighting back. And yeah, he, anyway, he said, I think he said something like, uh, I don't know, it was it was like, right, I go on the bus there, listen in and, you know, on the way to Crow Park, then uh, the chieftains come on. Uh, with Liam Neeson, so I don't know if you've ever heard that. I think no, it, what's no. it called? It's the march to uh, march to kind of something. Anyway, anyway, but it's uh, the chieftains with Liam Neeson, and it's based on that. It's based on the San Patrias. But it was like this. As I, look at listen to it after. But it's a powerful bit of music, mm. and Liam Neeson is narrating through it. So this is going on on the bus into Grow Park, you know. So right. some lads probably have their own music going on, but this was to lead in after the story. Yeah, yeah. And I loved it. Jesus, I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I was nearly in tears going into Grow Park, you know. So yeah. I liked getting kind of emotional, kind of like I mm. liked that in the lead into a game. It can be draining at times, like the the round robin. If you're like that every week, you'd be like a madman. Do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so. But that I, I recall that now, and I remember actually. Yeah, it's funny enough. I think I had just found out a bit of bad news in regards to something else as well. And I remember being emotional and uh, the lead into the bus and it got me into a great state, you know, where it's mm. literally, uh, Feeling it. it's funny, Paddy, I think Paddy's been with you here. I mm. think my role was to, I was going out wing forward that day and we were literally... To out-muscle Paddy. 
I think I, I but I, I hadn't been going great and it was kind of great because it was just a free roll to get on ball mm. and we were kind of playing the ball the far side to keep it away from Paddy like yeah, you know yeah, yeah. not a bad old player like so um, but yeah it was that funny was... it was just funny in the lead up to that yeah the San Patrice and nice. it was Liam Neeson narrating this thing going in on the bus yeah. and it was kind of it just hit a good spot that Lovely. was going into an All-Ireland semi-final so I don't know why that just popped into my head there but good enough good enough check good it enough. out check it out check it out it's, good yeah, enough for me and, that's and right. Neeson, yeah. <coughs> brilliant I'm going to come back to you on that one another day because we have to leave it there um, I could genuinely sit here for another few hours and chat to you uh, and, and, I, and I certainly sincerely mean that um, but this is we're, we're building towards next weekend um, and it's going to yeah it's all coming down to the wire both Munster and Leinster so we'll be here next Monday uh, so tune in with us on Sports Joe for a look at the Harland Championship next week You're listening to the GAA Hour with Dermot Ling on Sports Joe Donald Donovan is the left cornerback he hits it he hits it wow. it's over the bar oh holy Moses what a match there's been a missing person in Kale for 81 long years well today that person has been found alive and well, and that person's name is Liam McCarthy. They know as much about serious level sport as I know about the sleeping habits of the Ayatollah. There's a, a streaker on the ground now. He must be a Kilkenny man because he's quite happy with the situation right now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.